You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur. We have Amber Carter today. The luxury of family has been a driving force for Amber, a small town girl who grew up with two loving parents, three sisters, and one brother, and a Rottweiler named Cinderella, who loved to play football. Now, with the family of her own, Amber understands more than ever the importance of the American dream. Through Amber's journey, research, and education, she's been able to assist families with realizing the American dream of creating financial wealth through real estate. Amber is blessed to have the opportunity to work with families nationwide and provide support and resources to families to buy, sell, and invest in real estate. After spending many years managing multi-million dollar apartment communities, Amber understands what drives demand, economic growth, and long-term partnerships. It's being able to connect with and understand the community and community leaders that impacts the demand of the growth in real estate. Amber holds a license in Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, and Illinois, and would be honored to provide the support and resources to you and your family to also realize the American dream. Welcome her to the show today. I'll start off with a quote. So welcome to the show. But I have a quote from Warren Buffett. You will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing things with logic. True power is restraint. And if words control you, that means everyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass. So it's a, it's a solid quote. And at the end of the day, man, just do you. Stay in your lane and uh, follow God's path. So I want to welcome Amber Carter to the show today. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I want to tell your story. I think, you know, as I feature real estate professionals, the reason I started, the reason I named the podcast Real Estate Entrepreneur, because I'm bringing in people from different backgrounds, different walks of life that are in real estate. So I'm bringing in salespeople. I'm bringing in developers. I'm bringing in bankers. I'm bringing in realtors. I'm bringing in builders. And so tell me your story because we all have a story. And I think that's important. And, and if you notice on every episode, I start off with how you got to where you're at and how did you first off rewind back? How did you get to a place where you decided to pursue real estate? Tell me kind of your journey in a couple minutes. Absolutely. So I, I actually started off in the real estate industry and property management. So prior to property management, I was working full time selling home improvement items like windows, gutters, siding. And I really wanted to be involved because a lot of our clients, they were looking to either sell their home or they were looking to purchase a home. And those were some of the things that they wanted us to provide those quotes on. And it was something that really triggered my interest. And so I started in the property management realm with you know managing and leasing multi-million dollar assets. And so I wanted to be more in depth with the transaction of helping clients actually find the properties, locate the properties, and working closely with investors. So I have been uh, licensed for almost four years now, and I've been a broker less than a year. So I'm still, I'm still really a newbie in the industry. But I, I will say with, with the knowledge that I've been able to, to acquire and been able to be hands-on within these transactions has allowed me to grow substantially within the business. So I am I am now licensed in four states, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, and Illinois. And we do work closely with a lot of investors securing multifamily acquisitions, first-time home buyers, and really being hands-on and advocating for our clients throughout the real estate transaction. No, that's great. So you start in 
like home goods, like you said, gutters, things like that. What did you learn that helped you transition into real estate from that work experience? Absolutely. I think what I learned most was just being transparent with the clients and being able to understand their point of view when it comes to, you know, purchasing, I would say investments for their properties. And I under and I learned and I started to understand how to communicate with those clients to help them and navigate them through the process to get those questions answered. And I think that's how what helps me excel within my business is understanding the foundation of providing you know, the knowledge and the confidence to your clients to make those decisions, to feel confident with making those decisions. No, that's good. And I think communication in any sales business is always overlooked. You know, everybody wants to focus on the glitz and the glamour and the commissions and this and that. And it's like, listen, no matter what you do, no matter what product you have, you can be building homes, you can be developing neighborhoods, you can be selling Porsches. If you can't communicate, you're not going to be successful. And so you feel like that experience and communicating really helped you in in sales today. Absolutely. And I see now, I, I mean, even with clients that, you know, they've gone through the real estate transaction of either buying or selling within that transaction, they still really didn't understand the process because it wasn't communicated to them. It just happened so quickly instead of, you know, slowing down the process and actually discussing, you know, what process is next and what this each step of the transaction means and how it plays a huge impact on your real estate transaction for years to come. And that's what my clients really love about working with me. And they really appreciate that. So like you said, communicating with the clients, setting that foundation and and helping them become knowledgeable throughout the transaction. No, that's good. So when you were, let's, let's circle back to when you were in property management, cause that's where you cut your teeth, right? Yeah. You started in leasing and you said leasing multi-million dollar assets, right? Give me some more specifics on kind of what that looked like for you in real estate. And then how do you feel like that's helped you transition into where you're at today? Absolutely. I say property management was probably the best thing that I could do for my real estate career. It really allowed me to understand all facets of not only the business aspect of being a real estate agent, but it also allowed me to understand the transaction, the the legal side of it, and how to navigate through the process. So as a leasing consultant, it's very important that we ensure that our investor's asset is performing to, to the highest standards. So it's just, like you said, not about the glitz and the glam. There's a lot more that goes into it, understanding how to communicate with clients, understanding the legal principles and terms within those, you know, within your state and local local laws. And I, I will say what I think that that I still use today within every transaction is making sure that when I am communicating with my clients, that I'm providing them with all of the, the details. So I, you know, I always say that. One client is not going to get less of a service than what I provide to the next client yeah. because I want to make sure that I'm communicating all the information to each client that I that I speak with and discuss whatever the transaction is. So I think that has really helped me and helped me to to stay organized and to to really find that comfort within communicating with clients and having clients feel comfortable with communicating with me as well. No, and I think I think that's key, you know. And so when you were dealing with clients in leasing and management, 
were you with multifamily clients? Was it kind of small investors with duplexes, single family houses? Was there a niche that you were managing or leasing? Yeah. So with with the multifamily, it was client. Most of my properties were no less than a hundred. So multifamily portfolios that have you know a thousand plus stores. So it was larger portfolios. And to understand the operations of how to navigate through those larger portfolios, it definitely takes a special person. It does. So many different variables that that you know goes into successfully managing large portfolios of that you know that size. So not only communicating with the residents' prospects, but making sure that those properties are you know in good condition, making sure that an investor's asset is is taken care of, whether there's emergency maintenance, whether there may be collections, especially within a time where you're navigating through a pandemic, what we have kind of still in now, you have to understand how are we going to make sure, ensure that our clients are still, you know, getting paid with rent collections, but then also being able to understand the side of, you know, our residents, you know, if they are losing their employment or things are changing within their financial situation. So yes, it was larger portfolios. It's definitely a challenge, but being able to to stay, you know, on track and, and organized is what really helps us. So if I were an investor, or let's just say someone aspiring to manage either one in kind of the larger multifamily type projects, what would be three things that you wish someone would have told you that you like something you would have known before you started managing and leasing those bigger? Because like you said, a package of duplexes or package of single family rentals is totally different than a hundred unit apartment complex, 200 unit apartment complex. So what would you say that those kind of three nuggets you wish you would have known? I would say one, ensuring that you have a team that understands the due diligence process. For all of our clients, we have a pre-due diligence process that we conduct for all of our clients. So knowing what to look for when you are investing Two, understanding the financials. So understanding you may have a property that is 100% leased, but are all of the residents paying their, you know, their rent on time? What does that look like? Because you're 100% physically occupied does not mean that your economic occupancy is going to be the same. So understanding what those financials look like. And then I would say three, knowing who your team is going to be especially for investors that are not local, even if you are local, it's very difficult to manage a property on your own. There are so many different professionals that you need to have on your team, such as attorneys, such as contractors, vendors. You want to make sure that you have a solid team that you can trust and that you know what their pricing is and you know what their services services are and they know what your expectations are. No, that's good. Wow, that's, that's really good. So as you transition, right, you you now are licensed in multiple states. Mm-hmm. So we got Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, and Illinois. Correct. Why, if I'm an agent considering doing that, why do you feel the value or the need to be licensed in those states? And and, and what was the what was the thought process behind that? Absolutely. And so I get that question a lot. And <laughs> I, you know, I I would say I'm realistic enough to understand that I can't be in all four states at one time. It's just Mm -hmm. not realistic. I'm only one person. And so with the foundation that I provide for for my agents, it does allow them to to really 
have that seamless process or provide that seamless process to clients as well. When it comes for for my business, it's very important to you know take the time to actually communicate with your clients. Mm-hmm. And I see throughout transactions, if you set those expectations and you take the time to sit down with your client and conduct that home buyer consultation, doing those first steps initially, more than likely it it provides a higher percentage of those transactions going through. And so for me to be licensed licensed in those different states, it's to be able to provide, I would say, more expertise throughout the transaction of facilitating the transaction to communities, especially lower socioeconomic communities, that there may be a nexus within the transaction. I have a lot of clients, they are they're qualified to purchase homes, but they may have went to someone that said, oh, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to do X, Y, and Z. And so it may have been over overwhelming for them. So with my brokerage, what we focus on is ensuring that our clients understand the process, taking the, taking the stress away and taking them step-by-step throughout that transaction. And so a lot of the, well, most of the states that I, that I do practice in, there are, you know, areas where there are very lower socioeconomic areas where homeownership is, is very concerning, especially to our minority population. So that's what we want to focus on and be able to be that nexus and advocate for, for those clients, for our clients. So you, so you mentioned your brokerage and your agents, Right. Is what is your visions or your goals for your team and what you're trying to accomplish by kind of leading the leading the charge? What do you what do you see is in the future for you? Absolutely. And so what I work, you know, I work with a lot of investors. So I my goal and what I foresee for for the brokerage and my my agents is one to be able to assist a lot of first-time investors with buying their first investment properties and be able to help them build the portfolios. And so, you know, honestly, I haven't put a number on, you know, what I would want to achieve of how many people I investors that we would want to achieve within an annual or a quarterly basis. But we do have a lot of clients that are first-time investors and helping them set up their business and and understanding what it looks like to build that portfolio as well as first-time homeowners. So if I came to you and just give me a bird's eye view, you don't have to get into specific details, but just kind of give me a bird's eye view because I can tell that's a passion for you. And like you've even said in your bio, you want to help people build wealth through real estate. If I came to you as a brand new investor, what would be kind of the first steps that you would tell me, you know, hey, if you want to work with me, Amber, here's the things that I'm going to do to help you walk you through the process, kind of A to Z, bird's eye view to get my first investment property. What would that look like? Yeah, absolutely. And so I have these conversations all the time with my first time investors. And the first question that I always ask my investors is, what does your portfolio look like to you? And so most of our investors, they have, you know, thought about what they would like or where they would like to see, you know, themselves within six months to a year. I have some clients that have not, they haven't thought about it. So that's why they are coming to us. So understanding if they have, you know, thought about their portfolio and what it would look like for them. If they haven't, the next question that I would would ask, if they are not local, what is attracting you to the specific markets? What are you looking to achieve? Because I have some clients that they're wanting to invest, 
because they want to be a part of these specific neighborhoods and areas and help with the revitalization within these communities. Hmm. I have some clients that, you know, they're just looking at the numbers. They don't care in what location or what area that they invest in. They want to ensure that they meet these numbers and that the cash is coming in or flowing. And that's perfectly fine. So understanding the reason why they are looking to become an investor. And so from, from there, what we do, we look at several different properties. So I send them different properties and I build them a performa budget. So that's going to tell, of course, you know, financials always plays a huge part in it. Whether it's you wanting to be a part of an area to revitalize the neighborhood, what does that look like for you? You know, what are some sorts of, I would say, programs or incentives that the, that the city may provide to you? And so that's where we really start. And then we start to dive in, dive in deeper once we understand the structure of the portfolio that my client is looking to achieve. So whether it's a single family, whether it's du- duplex or, or a quad, or if it's six plus units. Love it. So if I said, hey, I want to do multifamily, nothing crazy, where would, you in, where would you encourage me to put my money of these locations that you have teams and that you really expanded into? If I said, hey, this is what I want to do, my budget's under $2 million, what, what would that look like? Where would you encourage me to, to put that money? Yeah, absolutely. So for, for the sound of it, what I would do, I would actually, I can send you properties in all of those locations. And that's why a lot of our clients like to work with our brokerage as well, because we are not limited to one specific area. Mm-hmm. It's very important that my client has the most possible options available. So if you say that you have a budget that's under 2 million, uh, you're more than likely looking to commercial properties, multifamily that is possibly seven plus, 10 plus units. And so we can look into those specific areas and what we do. So if we find you a property that may be located in the Ohio area, whether it's Cincinnati or Cleveland, what I will do is provide some background about that, about those specific areas, those neighborhoods, the communities, some initiatives that may be going on. We also look into different zoning and planning for the community. So Our clients may actually buy in a property that may not be so desirable for a lot of investors. But when we look into those zoning and planning, they may see within five to 10 years, they may be, the city may build, you know, a gym or a fitness center or add on some additional businesses within that area. And so a lot of our investors, they are buy and hold investors. So if they buy today and they're able to hold that property for five to 10 years and they wait it out until the community is revitalized, then that's where you're going to get the money. So you can either refinance or you can dispose of that property at that time. Love it. That's good. So I'm going to shift a little bit. Let's brag about your team a little bit. So if I said, hey, what's your secret sauce? Why have you been successful? Why have you built a team? What would be your kind of secret sauce or something that is something you feel like sets you apart? from other professionals that you're competing against? Like, what is that? What would that be? I would say for me, I I think what sets me apart is that I'm very hands-on and I'm very transparent with my clients. So the other day (laughs) I had a client that actually, she told me, she said, Amber, you know, I, 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 I knew that I could buy a house, but I never wanted to start the process because I never had someone to take the time to actually explain and go over, 
you know, the process, the home buying process from start to finish. And a lot of people, I would say a lot of agents, especially newer agents, they feel like they have to do the glitz and glam and they have to, I don't know, kind of turn different tricks of the trade. And that's not really it. It's just really caring about your, your clients. For me, yes, my clients, we do have you know expectations of how we operate and how the business works. But I truly do care about my clients and I have their, their you know, best interests at heart. I understand that if my client says that this is not a good fit for me, I'm not going to push them to, to move forward. I want to make sure that they're confident and comfortable. And I think that's what sets me apart is, is really understanding and listening to my clients. Love it. Love it. So what do you see as the, the biggest opportunity in just real estate in general in the next 12 to 24 months? Like, where do you see kind of, hey, man, you know what? This is something that I see is going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. Working in the neighborhoods that all the other agents don't like to work in. <laughs> so that, I stay in my own lane. So I would say there's, unfortunately, there are specific neighborhoods that a lot of agents, they feel like maybe it's not worth their time or it may not be something that they're interested in. So for my clients, especially if we have a, a long tenure relationship, if they're looking to work in a specific neighborhood or a specific market, we can look into those specific areas and see if it will be a good fit for, for the business as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you've created a niche. And exactly. like you said, yeah, there was a time I remember right by, you know, Texas A&M is a big campus, but there was a place called Southside Historic District. Mm-hmm. And it was rough. I mean, at one point. There was, you know, a lot going on, but it was right by the stadium, right by Kyle Field. And I was like, why aren't people putting money in it? It's like, it's a great location. And I started doing it and it's buying these houses, like 70,000 HUD duplexes type stuff, start remodeling, fixing them up. And then, man, that whole area just blew up. But it was being willing to be first because the person is first has the most upside, but you also carry the most risk. Yeah. And you got to be willing to understand that. And as long as you can, your risk, your risk averse to that, then yeah, I mean, it makes sense, you know? And that's very true with any transaction, you know, you do have that risk. And so I actually have a client, we, we just started to, well, he started to invest in the Cleveland market. And so he entrusted, I mean, he knew that was a new market for, you know, my company as well, but we did the research and we, you know, took the time to, to go through those properties and go through those neighborhoods and see what, you know, what's happening now and what's expected to happen in the next five to 10 years. And now we have about five properties under contract. So, you know, yes, it, it is a risk, but what we do, we do our research and if the numbers, you know, work well, then, you know, that's a risk that my clients are typically willing to take. Yeah, that makes sense. So personally, where is Amber, the real estate entrepreneur, where is she investing her money? Is it in startups? Is it in real estate? Is it in her own new ventures? Is it sitting in the bank? Where where, where are you wanting to put your money or where are you putting your money? I have been investing my money back into my business. So that means to be able to, you know, to expand into these different states and build the foundation and provide, you know, the systems and software in place for, for my team. And so I have a lot of people that ask me, why don't you have your, your portfolio now? And I say, my portfolio is my business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once again, I, I'm, I feel like I'm still a new because I've only been licensed, you know, almost four years now. So my money, yes, it's, it's being invested back into my business. Yeah, it makes sense. You're doubling down on yourself. And right now they say that the best investment is what? You. 
I said, I'll bet on myself any day. So it's probably the safest investment for myself right now. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like, and I think a lot of times if you're not an entrepreneur, people won't understand it. There's like time out. So you're helping other people invest and you're not, and you're putting the money back in. Yeah. I'm putting it back into the business so that one day the business can produce more income for me. Then, then I would turn, take that and go invest it in real estate. Absolutely. Or in in the tangible assets or whatever you want to put it into. Right. So yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely the plan. But, you know, like you said, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't understand that also takes time as well to be able to secure, you know, those different, you know, loans and funding and things of that nature. So you have to make sure that you have your foundation set, you know, before you can really move forward. That's good. What do you feel like is your biggest success personally and then your biggest success professionally? What would that be? Yeah, I would say my biggest success personally is is my son. So a lot of people they don't know that. So my my brokerage is seven fourteen realty, and mm-hmm. that's actually my son's date of birth. That's when he was born. And so with him, he has taught me a lot. He's helped me to see things that me as just you know a twenty year old having no kids and not under really understanding the world or how to, you know, understand people. So I think personally, that is definitely my biggest success. Professionally, I would say it would have to be me being able to start a brokerage. Even within my five to 10 year plan, I didn't, you know, foresee myself at 28 years old being a broker or even being licensed in in four states at that. So definitely my, my biggest success and, you know, the joys of being able to help my clients and also other agents succeed within the business. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So technology, what's your top technology that you're using in your business and why? Man, you know something, even being a, I would say, what, a millennial, I'm really not like a tech (laughs) person. I I like to have the paper files. (laughs) So you're not using any tech though? Yes, I am. I, I am, but I don't know if I, if I have, have a favorite, I would say okay. really my go-to, I really like Calendly, Calendly, I think there that's you like, go. Yeah, Calendly. Yeah. So I like that just because I feel like, you know, it's user-friendly. I can schedule appointments. My clients can schedule consultations. And then just online, I actually, so I like to create my own websites and things of that nature. So I do a lot with, with, like Canva, doing the marketing and things, things like that. No, that's good. So let's talk. One of the things we struggle with as real estate entrepreneurs, as realtors, as you know, business owners, investors, is investing back in ourselves. You've talked a lot about your clients. You've talked a lot about your investors. You talked about your baby boy. Talked about your business, investing back into that. What are you doing to invest in you? Is it yoga? Is it like, what are you doing to invest in your, into your mental health and, and all that? Cause that that's important. I know. And so I've been trying to find my thing and of what I like to do for me. And so actually I am starting to find spending more time with, with my family, like my mom and my sisters and putting my phone down is really what, what gives me solitude, what really, you know, helps me to, to be grateful and, and thankful about everything that I have and what I'm able to do. But, you know, I like to, I like to get away. I like to, like a couple of weeks ago, I did go to Gatlinburg and that was really nice, you know, just to get away for a couple of days, but really finding what, 
I would say, what would be my go-to thing to invest back in me? I'm still looking for it. I really am. It's that's good. Difficult, especially starting, you know, my new brokerage. I work seven days a week, almost 24 hours a day. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so my encouragement to you is find that time early. Yeah. Like if I gave you one word of encouragement as an entrepreneur is that those deals will be there tomorrow. Those people, if you fall and crash and burn, will replace you. Mm-hmm. That's just life. And that, you know, you want to grow and you want to do great things, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. So if you could just take those wisdom nuggets, you know, and just learn from me because I'm the type of person type A, I want to be number one in everything. I want to push. I want to be successful. I want it now. I want to make it happen. I want to do it with integrity and hard work. The hard part is the hard work is what ends up killing us sometimes, you know? And so, and I mean, just like mentally, spiritually, physically, like all those things, you know? And so be careful because that's, that's the beauty of, I will say, of being an employee because you can turn it off. Mm-hmm. People don't realize as an entrepreneur, when you're trying to make sure the lights are on, you're trying to make sure your employees get paid. You're trying to make sure your staff is right. You're trying to make sure payrolls pay. You're trying to make sure taxes are paid. Like there's a lot that you're carrying. Yeah. And if you're not careful, it'll, you'll burn out or you or you'll look up and you don't even recognize yourself. And I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do that, including myself. And so just try to find that balance and just know that it's a marathon. I'd much rather see all entrepreneurs, especially young ones like yourself, Say, hey, if we're going to race to the trash can and back, but it's not just about how fast we can get there. It's how many times we can do it. If you take off sprinting and I'm kind of doing a walk slash jog, I'm going to win every time. So just, yeah, just pace yourself. And so we we always have all our guests bring a book that they read that might have changed their life or affected them. What would the one book that you want to mention to our audience that you feel like, hey, man, this is a good book. This is what I got from it. Yeah. So I think. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the reason being, you know, kind of to the point of of what you, you made is when we are navigating, understanding how to prioritize our time, how to be effective and not, you know, burn so much of the day just running in circles. But when we have a task to complete, ensuring that we're able to get to point A, from point A to point B without having to do the unnecessary things. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So last couple of questions. Yeah. How's your team structured or how you envision your team being structured so that you can keep scaling your business? Absolutely. So ideally within each market, I would have anywhere between three to five agents. And so at this point within the company, we are looking to keep the number of agents small because we do not want, we don't want agents to feel as if they're just another number. I remember when I first affiliated with my brokerage and, you know, there's hundreds of agents, you know, within that brokerage. I'm like, okay, well, I don't even know where the bathroom is. I don't even know who to connect with. I don't know who is who. And so that can be very overwhelming. And for newer agents, it's, you know, you affiliate and then before you know it, it's six months and you're still at square root one, not understanding how to maneuver through a contract. You don't have any clients. And so what we focus on is keeping our number of agents small so that we can be hands-on with them, assisting them with building, building their brand, building their 
their budget, building their business plan and making sure that they're able to achieve their goals. That's good. So final thoughts, if you were going to leave our audience with just like a final thought for you, what would that be? If you said, hey, guys, this is my final thought I want to leave you with, what would that be? Here lately, it's don't take no for an answer. Understand why you receive that no and work through it and keep going, keep pushing through. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's going to be a great episode and I look forward to staying connected in the future. Likewise, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 